Greetings, LUQ fans, and welcome to the season break. The Nexus Enterprise is working hard in preparation for the next Grand Proving, as teams rest and recuperate before the start of the new year of adventures. During this downtime, we'll be bringing you some behind-the-scene treats, rookie and little league updates, and bloopers from the LUQ desk. The new season is sure to hold engaging scenarios and scenes of epic conflict unlike any previous year, and we can't wait to get it started. In the meantime, enjoy this best-of moment from Little League coverage. Donnie, I'm not sure what we just witnessed here today. I think we need to break that Unreal display down play-by-play. Play. That was one of the most singularly bizarre and gruesome sessions of Catch at the Amulet I've seen in my nine years announcing for the Little League, or in fact, my 35 years producing live kid fights. Kid fights! Now available on Scry Crystal. For this Little League head-to-head, -head, we had the Blackstone Bonfires facing off with the Whitefall Wildcats. Each team player had an amulet of regeneration, and the goal was to collect as many amulets from the opposing team as you can during the allotted time. What made this one a standalone game, Donny? Well, right out of the gate, the Wildcats move into a back-to-back -back defensive position. Great team synergy, but nobody could anticipate this round one hail Alma from the bonfires. This move is going down in the history books. Merit along, team captain heads off the charge. Before she can get to half court, she's on all fours and wild shaping into a bear. Talk about bearing it all. Now Sylvester Gino, team healer calls on his own druidic gifts, and before you know it, there's a second bear on the field. The bonfires are a druid heavy team. Now between the team arc and a scroll of more from the Dame Tanks, mysterious lycanthropy. We're looking at a quartet of full-size Grizzlies in under 12 seconds, charging the beloved Wildcats, none of whom, it is vital to note, are actual Wildcats. It's shirts versus bears at this point. If you've never seen four preteens defend against a pack of wild bears before, it goes pretty much how you'd expect. We don't even get this kind of gore in the big leagues. There's no way they're letting this pass the senses. Those amulets of regeneration are working overtime, and the ref was quick to call a timeout to let the shocked team patron throw in the towel. We're gonna need a lot more than a towel to clean up that battlefield. You hate to see it. We see the Eastern Maiden, the warm blue sea off the ivory coast of Lyonne, nearing shades of indigo in the midnight light. The dead gray moon and countless prismatic stars reflect off the calm surface, cut out in places by mankind's long wooden ships. Coastal barges and wide fishing vessels creep along silently. The lights of Lucinilli in the distance are visible, but the sounds are faded at this distance, and for but a fleeting moment, the shadows of the masts cast long and rotate like the hands of a clock as a gleaming bright light enters the night sky above and races downward. The crackle of static and the impacting splash break the fast of the silence. We see a crew of humans pulling ropes in unison and calling orders to the lower decks as a heavy swinging net sways like a pendulum and unfolds, spilling its wet contents onto the fine wooden grated platform below. Large flat-headed fish kick and flap like wings trying to find flight. Tiny silver fish shimmer like metallic aspen leaves under the gray moon. They are all dwarfed by the giant alien ball of gold, with dark-tinted glass panes along the surface. Water leaks out of unseen cracks. Men begin to argue. And last, we see the fishing vessel at the dock, 
Gangplanks and cranes attached to the side. Raised voices struggle over the high-energy volume of the morning wharf. The captain, with a beard of gray and red, points his pipe menacingly at the stranger on the deck of his ship. A well-dressed man with pale hair in a simple but well-cut brown suit. A ballroom mask of black rests on his face. And speaking calmly, he gestures to the large golden orb that seems to be the center of attention. He holds out some paperwork and flashes a badge, which seems to make the captain's face turn a red that mutes the aged fire of his chin. I would like each of you to roll me a constitution saving throw. I shit my pants. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I got a natural 20. Uh, Yeah, that's a total of six for me. Eight. Christ, you are the first to awaken. You find yourself in a very soft feather bed. For a moment, your surroundings seem strange, but familiar. You realize you're back in your apartment above the Lounge of Ultimate Questing, but it's been rearranged. Some of the temporary walls have been moved back, and it looks a lot more like a temporary medical tent. You realize that the Mortal Dawn are laid out in beds uh, with a cleric moving amongst them. She is currently kneeling near the side of Artyom, checking his pulse and opening one of his eyelids to see what's happening in there. And you hear a very soft voice from behind you say, Are you comfy? You've been out like a light, so I'm just trying to be as cozy and soft as possible. Am I? Am I? Am I dead? Oh no, you're fine. I'm hearing things. I'm I'm, I'm hearing things. You don't remember your old friend Chester? Oh my. Um. Um. um, Wait. Weren't you that mimic? And suddenly your pillow gets fluffed and your feet slightly get elevated. Oh, but you're a good mimic. I'm just trying to be as helpful as I can be and comfy for my friend Chris. Thank you. Um, um, just, just move down a little bit lower. <laughs> and it kind of gently starts to vibrate. Mm. Wait, uh, wait, what's going on? Um, and as your voice raises, Artyom, you open one eye very suddenly as you see kind of a light being flashed in the other. You are immediately aware that you are being examined medically. You are on a very soft, comfortable, familiar bed. You see a face that takes you just a moment to remember. Uh, it is a woman with hay blonde hair woven into very large braids, wearing dark green, white, and silver robes. She has the markings of a Geldanerian priest. And you've met her once before at Lady Gessley's Fair of the Fantastic. And she says, Good morning, Dr. Volkov. Try to relax. I know this is very sudden. How are you feeling? I headache. I got um, neuralgia in my fingertips. Uh, I think I missed myself. Perhaps. It should be worse in your legs. What legs? <laughs> <laughs> and she kind of moves over very briefly to the side of Chris's bed and puts her hand on your arm. And uh, Arvid, you awaken as what you feel like is a very warm, damp cloth is being applied to your forehead, but it smells really bad. And when you slowly open your eyes, you see Morty on top of your bed, licking your face, his flat tongue, just cleaning the the boogers out of your eyes. Good boy. And despite the fact that your ribs and spine are sore, he just kind of lays right on top of you. Oh. Yeah. Good boy. Just a face full of hot dog breath. <laughs> And she says, you've all been through a lot. You are experiencing what's known as planar atrophy. Your bodies have not traveled through the planes that much. Some creatures, like 
for example, Githyanki or Neochis. Uh, they have bodies that can handle a lot of planar travel. Yours are not adapted. There's Neochi? Ah, no, not not those delicious soft things. Mm. I will make Neochi. I try to get out of bed. And your legs are absolutely numb. Pins and needles numb. <laughs> Face plant right on the ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you okay? And she kind of laughs and helps pick you back up and ease you back into the bed to lift your legs like dead weight. <laughs> I've been healing you as much as I can. It's going well. Your recovery shouldn't take long. You just need to rest for maybe a day. Where's the uh, lizard? Hardathax has not woken up yet. Um, what? I've been healing for a very long time. But there seems to be something wrong when I try to use my magic on Harothax's body. It's not responsive. Is, is, is there anything I can do? Haru's breathing. It seems that they suffered a lot of physical damage before your voyage. Even though they rested, their body needs to recover. It was too much for them. And something inside of them seems to be turning away the divine magic that I try to impart. I will remain monitoring Harothax as long as needed. Maven made sure to have me here at the ready. I have a bed across the room. What? Uh, pardon me, what is your name again? Ah, my name's Kirsha. Kirsha Kandoria. Kirsha, this is very important. More important than any of our recovery. Mm-hmm. If they wake up and we are not here, mm-hmm. it is very important that you tell them we are dead and it has been 20 years. <laughs> Artyom! Artyom, we, no! It was tragic. Uh, we died doing something very important. Oh, no. 20 years. Da? A young me would find that a hilarious jape, but I have sworn in the Geldenarian Code to treat my patients with honesty and compassion. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ow. I will, oh. I will suffer through this last opportunity. And uh, you hear a voice that's kind of just entered the general area. You realize your senses are kind of dulled and muted. Uh, and a familiar voice says, well, if I'm around, I'll certainly do it. That sounds hilarious. Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Nathan. Team? That was, um, um, I don't even, I don't know what to say. It seems the Githyanki didn't plan for the fact that your bodies can't handle that kind of quick planar travel. Their aim was magnificent. You landed right in the bay. No more than two miles from the home. But, uh, you were much like comatose corpses. Are you sure we even went? It just feels like a dream. Kirsha tells me that you're all coming along fairly well in your recovery. You should be up on your feet any day now, which is excellent news, save for whatever it is that's happening with Harothax. Did something happen out there beyond the plains? <laughs> A few somethings. <laughs> Got wrecked. <laughs> wrecked the bed. Mm. Saved an entire family, though. I think the entire crew of a massive ship like that counts as much more than just a family. I have been getting some updates. Some of the feed is still updating, but uh, I've watched everything I can. Oh my god, yes, there's a feed. Of course it happened. Did you think it didn't? For a moment. I mean, you go into any bar, say what we did, it feels a little... Mm, not real. Well, we do have a couple of things to go over. If you'd like to wait till you're feeling better, that's fine. But if you're just going to lay here, I'd like to take advantage of your, the time I have with your ears. Are you calling us out for being lazy? <laughs> <laughs> Not even slightly. I couldn't be more proud of the team. In fact, if you try to get up, I will push you down. Oh, is that a promise? Oh, Christ. <laughs> uh, Jean-Pierre will be bringing up some excellent food shortly. Gnocchi? I don't think he had the foresight, no. Ugh. We'll see. 
So, that was a very high-paying quest. Unfortunately, the payment came in a giant golden vessel that careened you through the plains and landed in the ocean. I'm sorry, ringing in ears. You say high-paying or high-paying? Because both are true. (laughs) Indeed, both are true, but I was referring to the amount of money the team has made. No, don't tell me. Because this thing is a magical, amazing artifact thing, we actually made nothing. Not at all. We're quite rich. (laughs) Oh! I took the vessel to the castle treasury in Inlakes, and it's being converted to coins as we speak, but it's not free to do that. Mm. There is a cost of melting, smelting, and minting the coins. That said, we made quite a bit. No, I want chocolate. I'll see what we can do about that. You should be pretty hungry at this point. You've been eating nothing but mush shoved down your throats in tubes for a day and a half now. Sounds familiar. <laughs> but I've set a little bit of a side because as you may be aware, you are now eligible as a team to compete for champion rank after the grand proving. Champion? Can yes. we do it next week? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we need more than a week. <laughs> The Grand Proving starts in a little over two weeks, and this won't be until after that. But it does have a very large entry fee. 5,000 gold to be exact. How convenient. (laughs) I was going to say that there's no need for us to receive payment, because the real treasure was the friends you made along the way. But apparently we need every dime of this uh, spaceship money. Oh, oh, oh. You need to understand that the value you were offered for this quest was 20,000 gold. Oh. After I set aside the trial of Ascension fee, the cost of the mint my own personal cut, and the financing of the bar, you still are going to walk away with 3,600 gold each. And I trust that uh, Uncle Lion will take a big bite out of our ass too, yes? Perhaps. I think I've handled most of the taxes pretty well. The real tax bracket starts if you make it into the champion rank. I understand you faced some perils and dangers along the way, but this, this is when it starts. This is the big league. The real deal. No, not the, you know, giant thing that swats pterodactyls out the air. That wasn't the thing. Something else? Something worse? Not the lava pits? Not shooting through space? What the... What else could there be? You've been on some very challenging quests for both a novice and hero rank team. I intend to continue that momentum. But I mean you're going to be getting sponsors all the time. You're going to be invited to private parties and events. Right now, you're a local name in Lucinilli. People are going to know you in all five kingdoms. Do we have to go to the parties? You don't have yes. to. No, of course not. I'll, I'll take his invite. That said, my job as patron is to make sure the team does the best it can, and I'm going to step up my game as well. Okay. I'm going to implement regular physical training regiments. I'm going to bring in physical therapists to help you deal with old injuries. I'm going to make sure you all have a very healthy diet at all times. Your bodies are going to become important, more so than before. Does it mean less food or more food for me? It's, un- it's unclear. Probably more proteins and less starches, but that's up to Jean-Pierre. He My is... <laughs> <laughs> I will leave that up to our master chef and dietitian. That said, now is the time for rest. I don't want you to stress too much about Harathax. We have one of the best healers in the Five Kingdoms here with us to take care of them. That said, if they don't wake up in time, we're going to be facing some serious challenges in trying to pass the Trial of Ascension. Uh, do me a favor. Uh, is it possible you bring me every book, or most books you can find, on uh, drive incursions into the overworld? I will do what I can, yes, absolutely. It's possible. I'm going to take off for a while. Many things to do downstairs. Food will be up shortly. And to answer any questions you have, because I personally know what it's like to come out of a very long sleep and be confused, you were gone for eight days. 
and you've been unconscious for just shy of two days. How come I don't feel well rested? <laughs> because your body is destroying itself. <laughs> We're healing it, though. <laughs> and as he says that, a couple of the workers from downstairs are coming up with these big wooden trays of food. He says, well, speak of the devil. I'm off. Eat as much as you can. He says, looking right at Artyom. Don't be shy. <laughs> your body needs food. Ugh. And they lay out this feast, separating chunks of it and putting it on plates in front of you. There are ducks that are red because they have been stuffed with beets, which is soaked all of the way through. Uh, there's fennel inside. They give you these glasses of wine that are pitch black called the Midnight Vine, which comes from Rogamia. There are herb biscuits and wedge salads with cured lemon and egg yolk and little cubes of salted fudge. You can't tell I was hungry when I wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> and Kirsha actually encourages you to Drink the red wine, but not too much. It will help the blood flow to your legs slightly and ease the pain just a bit. Do you have anything that will do the same thing without alcohol? I can get something for you, an herbal tincture. It's possible. Wait, M Maven? Yes. Um, a little bit closer, sorry. He leans in very close. You think I'll need it? There's a, there's a cave. Um, I was brought there by Castiel. I think we need to be watching out for Castiel, but also... There might be extra power there. See what you can find out. Maybe bring a few things. Mm, we can discuss the geographic location of this when you're well rested, Christ. Okay. I did purchase an extra pack of my Ilasar smoking leaves and put them on the roof for you if you need some fresh air. Thank you. They're very good. Mm. And he takes off. You are all tended to by Kirsha as you eat your food. She's there to answer any questions that you have, and she keeps trying to get Morty to get off of the bed, but eventually she just gives up and lets him snooze right on top of Arvid's lap. She's like, that's not going to help your legs wake up, having a giant dog sleeping on top of them, but <laughs> what do I know? <laughs> Animals have uh, their own healing powers. Isn't that right, Morty? <laughs> he farts. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. my boy. <laughs> he, he got his paws on one of the two ducks you were brought up. Uh oh. <laughs> and your bed sheet's like covered in red beet mess. <laughs> <laughs> Looks red, like a horror show. Red beet mess. <laughs> so the next day passes. You drift in and out of sleep. Kirsha helps you to your feet. You all do some stretches together. You're starting to be able to move your legs again. It's still pins and needles when you walk around, but you can feel the strength returning. Arvid, you've been taking the time to get some fresh air and walk Morty now that you can move your legs again. And uh, as you kind of do laps around the uh, lounge of ultimate questing, taking in the fresh air, and you're not going too far from home. Um, as you go around back, you hear a very loud noise, like wood being splintered. Uh, great concern. So Arvid will go towards the noise uh, with Morty. He's with Morty, so mm -hmm. he's, got, he's got someone to, to balance on to, to yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, go, go towards the noise. Hey, who's there? And you come to the back where you have a large storage room and stables. And as you slide the door open, you see Hydrovore kicking the wall with both of their massive hooves, snorting in just a lather. Oh, gosh. I guess nobody was uh, taking you out, huh? <laughs> I don't think I'm up for a ride. Uh, we got to get you out of here. It starts pawing its giant hoof at the gate. Um, Can he can he try to give him a ride? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh beforehand arvid will look to morty and say um i want you to come with me and if anything uh goes wrong you'll have to go back and get help 
Okay, let's go. And I'm going to try to mount uh, the hydrovore. Mm -hmm. As you put the saddle on, it calms down a little bit. But at one point when you move in front of it, it reaches out with its fanged teeth and just grabs your forearm. It doesn't seem to be piercing the flesh, but it's applying a concerning amount of pressure, looking you dead in the eyes. Almost like it's taking control of you. <gasps> no! <laughs> um, okay. Uh, maybe I'll try to intimidate the sure. horse. That uh, sounds good. I'm going to intimidate the horse. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. Fuck you, Mr. Ed. <laughs> you can do either intimidate or animal handling guess, to try yeah. to impose your dominance. Because this fucking, is an act of dominance that yeah, the horse is. He's fucking, he's a rude horse. My, my trying to be friendly has not been great. I think he, he needs a bit of a, uh, the, the TLC, as they say. Mm. Arvid's going to, with his free hand, uh, grab one of the horse's tusks and give him a yank and say, hey, you're going to follow me. And roll animal handling? Yes, please. Okay. That's that's okay. That's uh that's twenty two, right? Yes. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Okay. Very nice. Very good. Um it releases your arm and it lowers its head and it snorts quietly to itself as you finish saddling it, holding almost statuesquely still. And uh you manage to climb up on top. Luckily, most of your power is in your upper body. And you realize once you're in the saddle, like, this is pretty doable. I'm going to be holding on with my arms and my legs can, you know, grip a little bit, but I don't have to walk on them. And as soon as the gates open, the horse is gone. And you feel the wind hit your face as it busts out of the gate. And it begins racing through the city street. It leaps over the heads of some noble folk walking by <laughs> and begins racing through like little trade wagons and makes its way onto the main road towards the, uh, the Southern Cutlass Gate. Yeah, because we should get out of the city, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and there is just this brown and black blur racing its way through the streets, occasionally like nipping a ham off of a hanging hook. <laughs> um, and Morty's keeping pace behind you, kind of barking and making sure people stay out of the way when he can. Good boy. Um, warning the tirade of this massive beast. And uh, you don't make it back until nightfall because Hydrovore does not tire. And you bond, you take in the trees, you smell the sea, the farmland. Good to be home. And for the first time, you feel a kind of connection with this horse. It's been a long time coming. There's been a lot of animosity, but you have asserted your dominance and you have given it something that it needed. You feel a partnership perhaps forming. So during this day of recovery, what's our team up to? I'm actually going to go down to the greenhouse. Mm -hmm. I'm going to kind of rustle around looking for some, the Shroombara, what is it, with Chieftain? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, he's he's their lord. Ah, lord. Even better. Almost a minor deity to them, having brought them to the new promised land. Uh, there you go. There you go. Wow. Large mushroom men. The big one. Where are you? Um, the dirt kind of shifts and all of these little tiny caps begin to kind of wiggle their way out like little pale butt cheeks sticking out of the dirt. <laughs> um, and then a larger one emerges from the top with patterns of red and white polka dots. And mm. <laughs> Hello? Who's there? Does an adorable little mushroom stretch. Yes, yes, please. Scratches his fat tummy. I'm holding a kettle that's mm. hot. I set it down on a little table. Do you have uh, any luck with uh, growing the lichen that they gave Hartex? Oh, I think so. Um, if you can use all of your might to lift up that that floor box over there, there should be some some fun surprises stuck to the bottom of it. Is it is it big? It's it's pretty heavy, but you can kind of fulcrum it. There's like a hoe in here that you can use to start to lift it, and it's just caked with this almost like crunchy moss. Mm. 
a lot of it is already pre-dried. This is good. This is exactly what I need. I, I take I take a clipping of the dry bits mm-hmm. and I put it in a cup and then I pour the hot water over the top of it. Ugh. You see, when you toast this, it is uh, smoking. Very bad. <laughs> Make you very sick. Uh, over time, it's like a diseases. Horrible badness. Kind of like your tobacco and your other smoking things. Yeah, no one wants to breathe smoke. It's <sighs> real. Good deal. Yeah. <laughs> you told that to my uncles. <laughs> All eight of them. <laughs> but uh, if you take the dry, instead of toasting and you put it in water, it is uh, very good, very relaxing, does not make you sick, and it can help you overcome the uh, addiction, which is very nice. Addiction? Mm-hmm. To, to moss? To smoke, there. Yeah. Interesting. How smart are you? You get the... You think good? Oh, I'm brilliant. (laughs) I fucking love him. (laughs) If I have four apples and I take away two apples, how many apples do I have left? I'd say enough for a day and a half. Brilliant. You you clearly are genius. The question is how much do you share with your friends? Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Da, okay. (laughs) um i'm gonna find christ okay i'll be probably spending a little extra time in bed just kind of lounging enjoying the time off after a hellish week in outer space here drink this um oh what is that smell what what is it the same thing i gave you last time except it is brewed instead of toasted Uh, oh what the bloody hell i'll sip on it first and then Right before you put it to your lips, Kirsha dips her pinky in, tastes it, thinks for a moment. I approve. Chris just looks at Kirsha like, what? What? <laughs> I don't approve of the flavor, but it's fine. It's not going to hurt you. It tastes kind of like a rubibos tea, kind of a fungal tea. Okay, okay. What the hell? It just takes a big old sip. It's relaxing. Like a, like an ultra chamomile. Like mm. too much chamomile. <laughs> mm. Mm, what is this again? It is the same lichen that they gave you that I was smoking. Mm, but it feels so mm, relaxing. It is functionally the same mechanism. Uh, when you toast it, it creates chemical that is kind of like stimulant, it uh, hyperfocus. But like this, it is a little bit more like, um, you know, street drugs, the one that make you feel the oomph, oomph, oomph of the music. <laughs> but they're much softer, very, very soft. Oh. Not enough um, to actually cause any significant effect. I, I like this. Mm. I approve of you drinking extra fluids and being motivated to stay laying down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't lay down for too long. Don't worry, it helps blood flow. That is, a bit, that is the most important part. Mm. I asked the, uh, before we went up, I asked the mushrooms to, you know, make more of the lacking because I anticipated that I would keep smoking, but now I think I can make more of this. I, I approve Thank you. This is delightfully unexpected. You might feel a slight increase in trust, but uh, this is temporary. Oh. I do this because I want to tell you something. Um, should I, should I sit up? This is okay. I'm going to go and check on Harithax. Da. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm. Don't you don't often pull me aside. Usually, I'm the one doing that for you. Da. Well, I think, uh, I think I'm going through some changes. That's good. So I want to talk to you about Gatschiel. Oh. Okay. The. Yes? You know he's bad, yes? Or at the very least not good. I... I know that he does what he wants. 
Mm. Well, you have a bad habit of uh, finding yourself attached to uh, emotionally detached men. And I think this is probably not very good for you. Mm-hmm. Emotional unavailability can be very tempting, especially for overworld people. I... Uh, sorry, this is just... I never thought I'd be the one talking to you about this. I, th- I thought it would be Arvid. You have to understand, <laughs> I am wiser than I seem. This is often why I don't say things, because people don't like being told what to do. Part of why I'm giving you the tea is so that you shut up. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm going to put this in words you might understand. Okay. Bitch, you need to drop that piece of shit like old hat. <laughs> <laughs> Chris just spits out the last sip of tea. <laughs> what? Well, ain't that the tea, guys? <laughs> <laughs> yes! And then the meme of Artyom sipping the tea. I love it so much. <clears throat> Excuse me, what? <laughs> Did I say it wrong? No, you said it right, but <laughs> really? Da, very really. Uh... You remember I told you about my mother and my father? My you know, birth father, not my real father. Yes, yes I do. They were bad people and they were bad people together. Yes. I have no doubt in my mind that if one of them wasn't so bad, the love would make them bad. <sighs> We get too connected to the things that we care about and we tend to uh, emulate them. We tend to uh, take parts of them onto ourselves. This is why I am the way I am now. This is why I'm so different from who I was. Because I have taken on parts of you. Parts of Arvid, parts of Horridex. Don't take on parts of ugly person. That's all I have to say. I will go. Artyom. Da? Can you just... I know in seven lamps, some level... You're right. Uh, it's, it's probably why he was so willing to give up the coin. Can you just, for a few moments, can you just sit with me? This is hard. No. You need time alone. I don't want to influence your decision. I don't want to influence what you think. I need you to think about this. Really think about it. I'm going to go, but you can come and see me when you're ready to stand. Okay. And I mean that in every possible sense of the word. Okay. After he leaves, you can see Christ slowly kind of inching up, trying to sit up and failing to do so. The tear coming out of his right eye. You can't hear anything. The, you can't hear the bustling of the city. You can't hear people laughing in the streets, children playing. He can't even hear his own heartbeat. The silence is truly deafening. Probably one of the scariest things he's ever felt. And time seems to move in fast forward as you watch the sun go down over the horizon. You feel the effects of the tea grow stronger and then start to linger and fade away. And the after effect leaves your mouth feeling quite dry, but thirsty and hungry for something. And you decide that a cigarette would be just right. A good chance to test your legs find your feet and as he makes it to the roof he takes a a look at the entire landscape 360 if you will usually when he's up here especially with other people he's he's looking at the city he's looking for the people and every time he sees someone new he's coming up with some amazing story about their life who they're gonna be 
all the times they've smiled and all the times they've laughed. Uh, he takes a light from the cigarettes left by Maven and he just looks out at this endless horizon of the sea and he can't help but talk to himself out loud. I don't, I don't know what to do. This is all so much. I do like him a lot. I, I love him. Do I? Maybe? I don't know. And as you're looking out over the horizon, you came up here to try to hear the noises once again, and you did. You heard the quiet city streets, people moving about, closing businesses, ships coming in and leaving the harbor, the creaking of wood, the clopping of hooves. And you realize as you get very introspective, looking out in the distance, it is indeed silent again. You can't hear anything from the city. You can barely even hear your own voice. And a kind of cold wind blows up your sleeping robes. <laughs> no. And you see a few green will-o'-wisps of light start to float around on the roof. And the gray moon starts to resemble a silver coin. In this instant, Chris has to make a choice. In this choice, Chris reverberates, pulling some strength in him, something he's making up, something he's creating for himself. And that static, that noise, that thunder, that roar is so palpable. He's inspiring himself truly for the first time. And you could see a beautiful crystal float around him like a halo. And with that, the kind of creeping illusion that was clinging to you pushes back. It starts to get dispelled. Instead of will-o'-wisps in a silver sky and silence, it's you and Gustillo, and he has a coyote skull on his head, and a voice creeps onto you like a blanket. Did you think I wouldn't find out? Did you believe it was too dangerous? Did you believe I wouldn't do anything about it? Did you think I wouldn't be furious? Be furious if you will. Christ. If you believed those things, he lifts the coyote skull off of his face and he has a huge smile. He says, you'd be right. Chris, it's a coin. Here, he says, reaching up and pulling a golden coin out of the sky. I have hundreds. Humans can't stop making them. They all work the same way. As a tool of chance, they're a wonderful bipartisan in their randomness. As an object of desire, they're powerful despite their simplicity. I love them but I don't mourn their loss. You traded it for a chance to stab a god in the eye. I knew giving it to you would make interesting things happen. Why do you think it ended up in your pocket of all people? I made a choice. An interesting choice. I made a choice to save the people around me. And what do you do? What did you do to me? Me. The beautiful weapon. The weapon you want to wield. I do not wish to wield you as a weapon, Christ. But I will spectate the damage, if given the option. I don't know if I could do this anymore, Gestia. What is this? <laughs> Any of it. I thought... I thought I found something beautiful. Something that would nourish me. Something almost divine. Hmm. <laughs> I think you enjoyed the uncertainty of it. 
I know I did. Christ, if you're going to keep viewing yourself as a weapon, which is a fair analysis, just know, whatever choice you make, I hope you're the one wielding it. Now, how about you tell me something? If I'm not a weapon, what the bloody hell am I? Truly, why did you bring me there? Did you, you knew that was going to happen. You knew I would feel the pain of all of those elementals. You are missing a piece of yourself. Who else would give it to you? Some things are su- supposed to remain broken, I think. Some things are more beautiful that way. Well, one thing this night has truly been broken. My heart for a mortal. I cannot promise I will not watch, as I am a creature of my own nature. But there will be no more coins, there will be no more riddles, there will be no more wine by the sea, or the songs of the maiden singing beyond the horizon. But when you truly unsheathe yourself, I pray to all of the gods of chaos that I am in earshot to hear the song it makes. Good night, Christ. Goodbye, Castillo. Stay tuned for more best of bloopers and outtakes during the season break. And thanks for watching the Nexus Enterprise. We're just getting started. Hello. Hello. Kip. Where is everyone? The hell is going on here? What the hell are you doing here? Kip. Well, I'm wearing pants, so it's probably not a dream. All right, Storm. Wake up. Yeah, well, nobody asked you. Oh, gods, it's happened. The end times have come. Everyone has gone but me. I've been left behind by the spirit shepherd to suffer for my sins. This is not a good day to skip breakfast. Well, at least I can take these damn pants off. Well, chicken, it's just you and me now. Don't suppose you know how to play war chest. Wait a second. It's 6.15 on a Wednesday. Staff meeting! Ah, hells, it's not the apocalypse, and I'm not early for the show, which would have suggested the apocalypse. I'm late for the damn meeting. All right, Professor Gigglebeak, you're coming with me. Breakfast always finds a way. No time for pants. I'm coming. I'm coming. This is the most amazing chase I've ever seen. Finn is on the rooftops now, and the assassins are hot on his heels. He bolts to the clothesline, and he's off like a crossbow quarrel. Now, on the northern end of the street, he's moving so fast, he's cracking the roof shackles. But the assassins are bridging the lines like tightrope walkers. Here comes a volley of poison blowgun darts, but Finn goes into a slide, evading the darts. The slope of the roof is too much. He's gaining too much momentum. Is he going to make it? I'm on the edge of my seat. Cool it, Kip. You're making the table vibrate. Finn catches the storm drain and flips into the window. It's all the Majron monitor can do to keep up, but there's another assassin waiting inside. They're everywhere. Kip, sit down. The chairs aren't for standing on. And the sword comes out. Can he cut down this foe before the deadly pursuers catch up? He thrusts. He dodges. It's all down to this. Now we got a Kip down. You okay down there, pal? Ow. Where am I? Oh, right. <laughs> y- yeah, I- I'm okay. Paul's alarm. He's fine. Storm, uh, why aren't you wearing any shoes? Storm, we're in trouble. Meh. Meh. No more. Storm, this is bad. What seems to be the problem, Kipper? Our special guest today is in the waiting room, but he refuses to come on. We had over half an hour of time book for this guy, and he's pulling out at the last minute. What, the wizard guy who invented the food teleportation app? Yes, the portmates guy. Uh, we had a whole expose on how he's donating food to teams in far-off places, and now we have 30 minutes to fill. Why? He bailing on us? Uh, he can't find his familiar. He refuses to go on without it. Well, that's no big deal. 
Let's find his furry runaway. Easy peasy. I found it down to my share of weasels and woodchucks in my day. What are we looking at here? Cat? Some kind of blue iguana? It's a chicken, Storm. Honestly, what kind of wizard has a chicken familiar? I see. <clears throat> Probably should have stuck with eggs. <laughs> Classic Kip and Storm. We'll be back with more clips after these words from our sponsors. Stay tuned. What up, y'all? It's your boy, Vargas Thrash, Berserker Supreme, and Skystreamer Extraordinaire, coming at you with another episode of Life Hacks with Thrash. Here's a quick and easy life hack to get you out of a costly ticket, or even time in the stocks when dealing with the local guard. Um, excuse me, sir. You can't tie your horse up here. This quadrant of the Merchant District is for foot traffic only. Horse have feet. Why not foot traffic? I'm afraid it doesn't work like that, sir. Is this your horse? It is now. Sir, I'm gonna have to ask to see the papers for this mount. Oh, sure thing. I have right here. Life hacks! This little tip can get you out of all kinds of rough situations. I hope you enjoyed your rack of lamb and 1238 Rogomian Chevise. Here's your bill, sir. 22 gold! Too expensive! Life hacks! Thrask, I love you. I don't want us to be apart. I want to take our relationship to the next level. Maybe we can move in together. Thrask scared of commitment. Life hacks! Join Thrask next time for more easy life hacks to guarantee you keep it real and don't let nobody get you down. Be sure to smash that like rune and subscribe to get updates when new life hacks go by. Until next time, peace. <laughs> Just kidding. Violence. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, all you cuties. As you may know, the West Coast has been dealing with a very serious wildfire season. As a result, Michael, our beloved Harifax, had to evacuate their home, and we had to postpone normal recording. Everything's okay from what we know, and we are able to bring you this special two-episode mini-chapter with the rest of the gang, which will end next week, and we will be moving into the very exciting new chapter that we'll be recording at the end of this week. Thank you all very much for your understanding. And speaking of thanks, I haven't thanked the Patreon subscribers yet, have I? Thank you so much for your support. Whether it's a dollar to unlock access to character sheets and bonus clips in the Discord, or $25 to get team assignments. Those teams, by the way, are the Ancestors Fury, the Cultured Cutthroats, the Iron Rhapsody, the Tavern Brawlers, the Moonlight Veil, and this week's featured team, a brand new team with two new legends, Melissa Clem, Gemma Donnelly, and Brandon Wills, who finally has his team assignment. We're so sorry it took so long. Welcome to the League, Legendary Team Oathsworn. If you want more content, Law and I can be found almost every weekday at twitch.tv slash slapdash streams. You can find our streaming schedule there. We'd love to see you. You should also consider joining our Discord and our official LUQ fan page on Facebook. There is nothing better than seeing this community grow. And I'm going to give special thanks to the Discord crew. You guys are amazing, and you validate our decision to be professional internet bums every single day with your friendship and togetherness. I feel like a care bear. That's enough of this mess. Let's get you back to the action. My name is Thomas Turner, and this is Behind the Shield, your window to the world behind the scenes of the LUQ. The frozen citadel of Whitefall, the patchwork spires of Denmazir, the Dawn Gate of Midras. These are just a few of the most impressive constructions fabricated by the hands of mankind. But one object puts all of them to shame. The Nexus Enterprise's mobile arena, the size of a city, estimated value of over 1 million gold, over 60,000 seats, and 100,000 square feet of highly advanced architecture, complete with automations of Anbar's top artificers, powerful magical protections and transmutations from the Andesian Arcadium, the perfect place for the League to host their yearly Grand Proving, where teams either make the cut or fall to the wayside. The constructions of the mobile arena started six years ago, employing over 8,000 skilled workers and dozens of artifice masters. The foundation alone took these laborers over two years to make, with several revisions along the way. Focuses of the architecture included defensibility, ease of access by the public, and resilience. We all know the kind of a beating the teams of the LUQ can dish out, so this ain't your mama's battle arena. This is a symbol of the League's success, and a platform for the future of their growth. Join us next time for more Behind the Shield. Thomas Turner, signing out. We find the mortal dawn in various states of recovery, sitting around two tables pushed together in their apartment above the lounge of ultimate questing. The only member missing is Haruthax, who remains in a deep sleep, seemingly peaceful, but 
disconnected from magic, disconnected from consciousness. Maven is there. He has paperwork in front of him that he is sharing with the group of you, talking about some of the changes that may come if you make it to champion rank. Maven's going over some details with the group about things to potentially expect should you succeed in the trial of ascension to champion rank. He has a couple of books that he's pulled aside. One of them is just kind of a broad history of some short wars, and the other one is an actual insight from Nicholas the White um, regarding the theory of human and drow culture. And it has some examples of drow attacks on the surface over the past couple of centuries. There's not a lot. Um, Most of the conflicts that the surface world have had with drow have been fairly small, nothing like war level. But there was a pretty large outcropping of simultaneous insurgences around 110 years ago. And since then, he seems to be theorizing whether or not the drow are trying to remain distant or perhaps cause a large period of neutrality to form a pact in the future or if they're gearing up to something. Um, and he has several chapters about each thought process and which, which one's most logical. Do I remember anything from that time period? A uh, hundred years ago is kind of kind of a, a blur. Um, yeah. Any impressions? Like, I remember something. You remember a lot of talk about mm-hmm. wars happening, um, but it seemed like a, like out of your pay grade kind of discussion. Yeah, what, what, what peasants, slaves, and other people who just kind of serve the royalty probably don't hear a whole lot. <laughs> right. You heard a lot of talk. You saw a lot of movement from people in armor and groups always passing by. And you seem to remember doing a little more treatment during that time, a lot more, whether it be injuries or insubordinates that needed dealing with. It's the best I could do on short notice, but it's a good book, actually. Nicholas has excellent prose. Excellent. Thank you very much. This is uh, hopefully helpful. We are in a limbo of planning. I'm confident that my team can make it into the champion rank based on your success record. There's been very few missions that you haven't succeeded with flying colors. Even your failures have been basically a good job well done. But if you do, there are things we should plan for. For example, one of the benefits of a champion rank team is you each will be allotted an extra slot for a magic item that you can use. This is good. But if we want to plan how to best utilize the wealth that you have gained without guaranteeing that you will make it to champion rank, because while I'm confident... I try not to gamble when I can. I have set up an appointment with an old friend of mine who specializes not in selling enchanted items, but in upgrading items that are already enchanted. If you can increase the potency of one of the slots you're using by bolstering the item that's in it, it could be beneficial. I also understand that, Chris, one of your slots has recently opened in The Loss of the Coin. Artyom turns and stares at Chris, like, too openly? Mm. Like, uncomfortably? What? Never mind. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Chris just shakes his head away. He doesn't want to see anyone. I think this is good for you, Chris. Chris, I'm going to look at this in a very literal sense. You never really used that thing. It was weighing you down as far as your allotted slots. You're free of it now. You can get something to make you stronger. Like, like what? Well, that's down the road. It's difficult to plan to shop for items. You never know what's available. But in the near future, I will be taking you all to the capital of Danmir and design. And I realize that is a very sensitive place for you. But I assure you, we will not be there long. It's simply the next step in everyone's training. I, you know, I don't even care anymore. Let's, let's go there today. Why not? 
Let's go. How about tomorrow? Fine. No, no, that doesn't work for me. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell am I doing with my days? (laughs) If there is a good place to upgrade or purchase magic items in all of the five kingdoms, it is Andesign. It is the center of all arcane magic in the five kingdoms. It's where the Arcadium is. It's where the three hands of magic are. And there is the highest collective of artificers. Not like Andmerian artificers, but old school artificers. Alchemists. Scroll masters. I think it will be a fun shopping trip followed by intense training. That's my plan. Now, if you do well throughout the champion rank, there is a chance that you will gain new benefits from the inspiration you receive from the crowd. Or you will receive extra points. It's very complicated based on your overall performance, but... For example, Kiro Ranked doesn't traditionally get access to inspiration, but since you won the Invitational, you got it a little early. Hmm. It's a treat for becoming a fan favorite. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what to expect from this trial of ascension. During the last one, you were given a kind of floating puzzle with crystals you had to unlock while battling gargoyles and tentacles. Certainly nothing I could have anticipated. I forgot about the tentacles. So we'll do our best to prepare for everything. If we're speaking bluntly, you are all very gifted at what you do, but many of you rely too much on your magic is a powerful asset, and I never want to see you skirt away from using it to your benefit. But I feel like it's time to look at training your bodies a bit more in case something happens and you lose access to those gifts. Prepare for anything. Of course, I leave the decision up to the team captain, but I'm proposing it, having done quite a bit of research before starting this team. I believe Arvid and I have, at least on a few occasions, done some naked wrestling on the roof. What? Uh, Yes. Yep. And you didn't invite me. (laughs) (laughs) Dicks. <laughs> Sorry, dicks. More things like that. I will also be bringing in some specialists to help you with combat training. Maven, let's just be blunt. You're talking about me. And if it's anything like the temple, without my magic, I'm basically half dead. He stands up, not aggressively, but he points towards Harothax's bed. And he says, I am not just talking about you, Christ. Harothax is one of the most powerful spellcasters on this team. But because of how they've specialized themselves, they keep getting on death's door. We need more military training, more martial prowess, more combat battlefield logic. And Artyom does a great job leading you, but we need to hammer down your synergy. I mean, only two knockouts in the entire run of the things. I say I do a pretty good job, though. Agreed. <clears throat> the crowd loves a good combat. And sometimes that involves swinging weapons. But it's so boring. It can hey. be. <laughs> well, not when you do it. Anyway, that's my plan for the near future. If you have any plans you'd like to potentially upgrade items you currently have or try to invest in new things in the off chance that you get a new slot down the road, now is the time to be preparing. So a few more questions to plan for the potential future of your rising through the ranks. Um... Champion ranked teams have the option to upgrade some of their current league assigned assets. So question the first would be, are you interested in upgrading your transport vessel, Woodrow? Would this affect the personality at all? It would be a whole new vessel. He's oh. not getting some kind of new paint job. We're talking about an, he would go to some novice Arkham, it's team. okay. We don't have to. Can we... It's okay. We don't have to. Can we... It's fine. Can we remove Maidenhead and not him inside of Lunge of Ultimate Questing? Would, would that hurt? 
I'm fairly certain that that type of sentient construct, if broken, would just stop existing. Well, can we have both? You can just keep using Woodrow as well as a ship. It's just, you're not going to be able to load a lot of cargo around in him. He's not big. I want to go fast and go lots. This is for after we win. We don't have to decide now. I have a proposition. If you wish to maintain the speed and camaraderie that you formed with Woodrow, I'm going to keep my eyes on the fluctuating market for a team bag of holding. This might aid in your ability to travel with more gear on you without having the weight and burden. This sounds good. They fluctuate a lot in price, but I have a good ear to the ground for this kind of thing. I, for one, think that's a brilliant idea. I would miss Woodrow, oddly enough. Though it is hard to, to determine whether he actually has meaningful memories or personality or whether it is all fabrication, but we're not going to get into philosophical discussion again. <gasps> Does it, it matter? It always comes up with Woodrow, doesn't it? It always comes up with me, it seems. The next question is, do you want to upgrade to one of the newer models of Reginald? Oh, no. What are you trying to do to us? No, 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 no. <laughs> I didn't write the questionnaire. Absolutely not. He's, he's basically a part of the team at this point. He knows things. He <laughs> said too much. <laughs> you know that was on camera, right? <clears throat> Very good. Um, now, are there any specific kinds of sponsorships that you want to have as a team? I thought we already decided we're keeping Woodrow. Ah, I refer to uh, <laughs> companies that you would promote. Nah, nah. So far, the only one we have is, uh, and then I flick the straw hat. We've got Domain Farms is our flagship donator. Yes, they give us a lot of potions when we need them. And they're not a huge company, but they were there from the beginning. Duh, we get lots of potions. I reach into my, I, I like jingle my bag and you hear like four potions rattling around in there. Might be good to start using those more, simply for the publicity. Ugh, I guess. I mean, we don't really need them. Well, wait, then again, well, Heart Attacks has been drinking them like uh, they're, uh, what, candy? Mm. Do you drink candy? Um, yes. Potions are like candy. Yeah. I, I think Shofar and Jerry Bourbon is like candy. Chris has, of course, go. his own personal sponsorship, as does Artyom with the uh, the Daybreakers. If Domain Farms also makes uh, non-health potions, that would be good. Otherwise, I think having some things that will give us uh, circumstantial bonuses would be very good. I will see if we can change the contract of our Domain Farms sponsorship to see if we can get some new potions. And I also believe that everyone should keep their eye on Arvid based on potion consumption. We've had problems in the past. No offense. Oh, what about the, uh, was it the Adornheim textiles? Mm-hmm. And uh, there's our um, our glorious chariot here. Indeed, the Lachey luxury wagon is another gift. Though that was not a sponsorship, though. It was more of a promotional gift, yes. Now, would we like to be added to the list of teams that Lachey sponsors? Transport doesn't seem to be one of the issues that we have as a team. We seem to be able to get pretty much anywhere we need to go without much effort. Buying teleport in bulk is the way to go. Duh. I'm trying to think of things that we need. Frequently in combat, I mean, if maybe if we had more health potions, we would use them more often, but I think we don't use them very frequently. Spells, the ability to cast uh, from scroll is good. Uh, I don't mm. know how much I can do that, but... Scrolls, yes, good. I'm making a note here. These are the kinds of ideas that we want sticking to the wall. Ooh, what about specialty ammunitions? I mean, my crossbow, though that seems more personal to me, but uh, having a, having an exploding tip or a thunderbolt would be nice out of the beauty that is the pink brick. 
These are fantastic suggestions that I will look into immediately. And he sits back and picks up the sandwiches that you guys have been eating. And I mean, maybe we should renegotiate with the Adonai and textiles. What for? Um, I mean, I'd love these cloaks, but maybe there's something more, better they could offer? Upgrade the cloak would be nice. Mm. I can certainly reach out to our good lady. Artem, how do you like your rune work? I absolutely love it. Absolutely. Keep in mind, I've been wearing uh, scale mail before this for a very long time. It is extremely uncomfortable, but this, I can move so easily. I can even dance. Not that I would. <laughs> hmm. I'll, I, I should probably look into something like that, shouldn't I? It is a little heavier. Not noticeable, but uh, compared to a normal coat I put it on, it feels like I'm wearing a linen blanket. Well, maybe not a coat. I, I, like my, I like my outfit, as it were. Maybe something else. Hmm. I don't know. How about poisons? Are poisons legal here? They are not. Oh. Well, um, does anyone do barding for uh, animals? I've been thinking I could use different tack for the hydrovore. Hmm. That's an interesting question we should bring up to the group. Should I try to look for quests that can help you utilize your new animal companion more? Maybe, but I think only one of us has horse. So if we have quest that is riding focused, I think we'll all have a bit of a problem. I've been saying for a long time we need more horses. Hmm. Me? On horse. This is a good idea for you. I'm sure there's a horse that's just right for you. Hmm. He's also quite apt at pulling the wagon based on his build. We'll look into it. We'll think about things. More horses, perhaps. But as you said, transport has hardly been an issue for our group. Then what has? If we want to be very blunt, I avoid stealth quests for this group. You were all very flashy and loud and bright. <laughs> this is good. Just, thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, this makes sense now that I think about it. I am trying to remember the last time we had to actually stealth through an environment and uh, nothing is coming to mind. Oh, I remember. We were in the tower and then and then you were like, oh, look at me. I'm going to turn into this. And then you got found out. I remember. That was right at the beginning. Yes. The first and last time we were allowed to be quiet. <laughs> the last time this group utilized a impressive degree of stealth, we had Nimberwell as a member. Duh, which actually made sense, because at oh. least in that t- situation, one-fourth of our team was capable of it instead of us, which are like puppets, you know, little, little, little things that explode on the ground when you throw them. We are like a package of puppets. I thought what? you said puppets. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, puppets. Am I saying it again, puppets? Pop, pop, no, no. In no. Lucinilli, they're known as Thunderstones. Thunderstone. Ugh, okay, it's a puppy. She goes, boop. <laughs> Morty goes, <"Woof." laughs> Your vowels are stupid. Mm. Agreed. Uh, and, okay, so stealth, what else? Well, while I have no doubt that the group could travel for some time without revealing themselves, once danger rears its head, you are quick to blast it with fire and thunder. That's a problem? Depending on the context of the danger. So... Again, why we're going to work on more martial prowess, so you have more options. I don't want you to not use your powers, but I do want you to have the choice to be effective without them. Hmm. It should be made abundantly clear that one of the reasons why I tend to avoid stealth is because murdering people in their back feels... Um, Dishonest? Uh, let us say familiar. Hmm. I assure you, I have had no interest, nor do I harbor any interest in assassination quests. Duh. There's a very specific kind of team for that sort of thing, and I don't think it meets our MO. So we'll always be murdering people in their fronts then. This has been an excellent 
meeting of minds, I do regret that Harithax hasn't been here to voice things. But while we will be training our bodies, it does seem that when Harithax uh, spends time inside themselves, they always pick up some sort of new trick. So who knows what they'll return with. My assumption was that they were speaking to their patron. Not unlikely. It seems like dangerous work. I think I should do that more often. I'm going to take a quick step outside, look at the sun. Are we good? (laughs) (laughs) Still there. Okay, we're good. (laughs) So the team relaxes for the rest of the evening. Tomorrow you're going to set out to the capital of Andesign to do some new buying and apparently some new physical training. Kristen, Arvid, get some drinks at the bar. Chat with Isaac and Christian, your minstrels. But Artyom, you have trouble sleeping this night. It's been a while since you've spent the evening out on the streets, kind of patrolling, keeping an eye on the city at night. And something about the evening calls to you. And you spend most of the night on your feet, walking around, making sure that there aren't halfling eyes upon you, uh, making sure that there aren't waiting threats around every corner. You've been a little uneasy. After being out for a long enough time that you lose track, you are nearing, once again, the street that the lounge is on. And a voice comes to you from the alley near you. And it says, Artyom! Artyom! What's up? Moyle, uh, I hide for a reason. So, I beg you, please, listen while Loshed speak. I lean up against a wall and look casual. Then, I never ask you for anything again. First, Artyom, I am sorry. I have been very bad in my life. It was my job, but I still did it. I hurt you very much, and nothing will change that. I have regret now. I have seen outside the world, but is no excuse. Artyom, he found me. He came to talk to me. Little Vornoi. I have been working as cage puller. A small boat goes out at night, finds clay floaters, pulls in nets, collects crabs and lobsters. Best to do at night. Loshed sees good in the dark. So very good job for Loshed. Work alone and work hard. But I was out on boat, and then he was there. You sit across from me. No longer wore symbols of Drog and Drav. He wore the markings of Vilithian Thar. He's one of them now. He says he looks for you. You find out you go to other world. He says he doesn't think you come back. I guess he was wrong, but he told me. He told me the secrets don't matter anymore. He told me knowing the truth won't change anything. Why Drogendroff, his servant hive? Why we live under heel of greater hives? But as little as century ago, they say we're soldiers, mighty military. But how do we lose this in just 100 years? We Drov have long lives. It seems impossible. But now, Loshed knows truth. They poison us. Yes, some of the eldest start to remember the past. They have the poisoners put us down. But they poison all of us. Not just blood, but minds. They make us forget. They take away the rage, our resistance. They make us feel like servitude, all there is. They take our weapons and armor. They have us dig up the earth and bury them, thick layers of dirt, and they have us plant deep root on top. The fields we toil hide our history. 
but they grow lax in tainting the foods and the water. Many young Drav start to feel the need to resist. Young Artyom finds his way to escape after so long. They're planning for war, and Vornoi has sworn himself to the dark goddess of the depths, the winged spider. They say he has become her champion because he has found the solution they needed. He knows how to make the Drav perfect servants, using the gifts she has blessed him with. And I know part of you wants to run. And I know part of you wants to fight. But if you do either too soon, they will know. They will prepare for you. So if you listen to the words of my age, keep growing stronger. Keep being surface warrior. Act like you don't know. Act like Loshed. Say nothing. You don't care. It is only way to keep them off guard. And a faint warmth fills the air as the sun begins to crest over the horizon. The white pillars and shackled rooftops of Lucinilli reflect the orange morning light, and the streets and alleyways begin to fill with sunlight. Vornoi will make the Drav the perfect servants and warriors. For the dead will know no rest or resistance, even if us Volkovs are stubborn. And Loshad emerges from the shadows of his hiding place. The deep, rich shades of his blue-gray skin faded and bloated with seawater the eyes in his head sunken and lifeless, his jaw hanging limp. When the sun hits his dead flesh, it begins to melt as the seaweed encasing him and tiny crabs feeding on him fall to the cobblestone with a wet, brief slap. Thanks for joining us for more between-season Best of Bits from the LUQ and the Nexus Enterprise. We'll end today with his short, never-before-seen interview with Sir Miles Avendar from Storm's old Schmoozing with Storm show, before it was retired. Join us next time as we gear up for the grand proving in a whole new year of adventure. This is the League of Ultimate Questing. Hey there, early birds. I hope you all have worms. Welcome to another very, very, very early morning on Schmoozing with Storm. Sponsored by... (sighs) Baba Java. It's a beautiful day in Leone, mild cloud cover over a sunny sky. And we're here to have a nice, relaxing morning conversation to get your day started right. Today, my guest is team captain of the well-loved Ivory Lions, Sir Miles Avenar. Hey there, Storm. Good to see you, and thanks for having me. My, uh, pleasure, Miles. Sir Miles. Sure. So last year was a great one for the Ivory Lions. Fans can't get enough of legendary adventures, and your squad's knocking it out of the park. What do you think the coming year has in store? It's a lot of pressure being one of the first legendary teams to really take part in quests of this caliber. We're shaking hands with demigods and saving entire kingdoms. It's all part of a day's work. This kind of power? It would be irresponsible to waste. Like some teams from the past. How's <clears throat> it feel being backed by King Almsor himself? It's the first time we've seen a royal figure put their voice behind an LUQ team. You must have a pretty clean track record. What with the pressure of the all-seeing public eye. <laughs> yes, the king's a good friend of mine. He has quite a bit of vested interest in the Lions remaining the top team. And having a wonderful man like that in your court can really help us follow our dreams. We can't all retire to a chair and microphone. Some of us need to keep fighting the good fight. Right. I also imagine having the king in your court keeps the team out of the legal court. 
Tell me, how much gold does a knighthood go for these days? Are they gonna save it up? Yes, I imagine you don't have much else to spend your money on these days. Save for some fancy dinners and a new belt when that one breaks. I'm grateful to have the resources to donate to charities all over the five kingdoms. In the name of goodness and decency. Listen to me, you little punk. Don't act high and mighty around me. Save it for the pep rallies. I know what kind of deals you've made. Cut that camera. We're done here. was a big drop yeah how how is zach the player feeling about that having a rough time yep having a rough time Mm -hmm. good emotions very very upset this is an emotional episode jesus i love it i mean it's great (laughs) yeah but i'm very upset it's it's hard it's a lot of pieces coming together too yes well here's the thing artyom was one of the chief poisoners Mm -hmm. like uh, there's a good deal that a lot of the poisoning you were doing, you didn't realize you were just continuing the brainwashing. Shh. Woo. A whole new level of guilt and truth. Mm-mm. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. I think it's my turn based on last time. <laughs> Let's do it. So I'm going to go around the table and we'll introduce ourselves starting with the one and the only. Sam. Uh, I am so sorry for RTM. <laughs> um, I play Arvid. <clears throat> doing pretty well this episode actually no no dying people um and i'm uh, drew barb <laughs> it's been a whole chapter since i killed off one of your family members yeah oh, yeah. oh okay uh, uh hi i'm alante i play krista grand the very very somber uh who is now a creation bard and crystalline sorcerer i'm zach barkus I play Artyom Volkov, the chief betrayer of his people. Um, I am also the producer and technical director for Slapdash Studios. I also want to thank Tori Christensen for her work as our editor. Notorious. Notorious. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. I wasn't sure if we were going to do that. <laughs> I almost went with a, like a, Toria, Toria, but it's a little too much. Uh, and then we would have started to join in and been like what yeah (laughs) this is no table for church songs (laughs) Uh, my name is law i am the emotion dungeon master and the creative director of slapdash studios thank you all for listening um we are uh, very sad that michael can't be with us here today but we are having some very crazy smoke and wildfire hazards around the portland area michael's region got caught up in a phase two warning and he had to be with his family so we totally understand and we're working without it and in awesome news we currently have a brand new table that we got courtesy of uh, game night lounge and only because of all of your support from patreon we are also just looking at the coolest freaking setup ever everything looks super professional now and it makes me very happy yeah you guys made this awesome setup happen and we'll post photos soon um, if you want to find out where to see those photos, visit the LUQ.com to check out links to all of our social media. You can get links to the Discord, our Patreon, and if you join our Patreon, you can get to secret channels of the Discord where we post things like the cutting room floor. And I just got to say the LUQDs, our, our fan base in the Discord, very active, very fun. They do movie nights. We chat all the time. We stream stuff. Wonderful community. I had never anticipated this a year ago, but they're the best. And getting the first look at some people's art, just... Mm. Oh, the fan art is going Oof. nuts right now, and I love it. Thank you, Christopher Masburn. Christopher. Christopher. Christopher Masburn. I got his character name mixed up with his actual name. 
Christopher Mashburn. You are awesome. I love your stuff. Um, so you've got the link, you've got the insight. Now you can hear us say, please tell your friends about the League of Ultimate Questing. It means so much to us. Even looking at the numbers, like 50 new people will jump us like 90 points in the charts. It's a big mm. deal. So you have a lot of power to help us grow. And we do want to continue to grow and quest together with you, the listener. So until next time, we wish you luck. Mm.